0: That is the sound of the bell for round number 11 of fight number 5, Pacific Coast Boxing. You know where you're at, folks. Here we go. Punches and bunches. shoe shines to the corner. Hot sauce to the ribs. Rancho though. When in doubt, stick it out. Dudo, duro, duro. Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz here with Rick Prado. Rick, what's up, man?
1: Hey, how's it going, man? Just ready to talk about these fights from the past weekend.
0: That's exactly right. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Had a good yeah. Thanksgiving, Rick? No, yeah, it was good. How was yours? It was great. It was great to have you know the four days off. Thanksgiving is a very underrated holiday mm-hmm. in that we get those four days, and then of course the extra treat we had. We talked about the two big fights, and boy, did they deliver!
1: Yeah, no, uh, both I mean, both close fights. You know, both uh, interesting fights, seeing how they were going to break down. Yep, and um, yeah, just just um, it's a good night of boxing Saturday Saturday night.
0: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, you know, remember we were talking about a couple of weeks ago. After the uh, Fury and Wilder fight, about you know what, and uh, there's really, or after, and even after the Plant and Canelo fight, right, that there's not really any more mega fights, right? Mm -hmm. We looked at fights, and let's be honest, we looked at this one, as did a lot of boxing pundits. We didn't see the Teofimo Lopez and Cambosos fight as going to be competitive at all, right?
1: Yeah, no, it it was one of those um, Cambosos. Nobody knew who this guy was. He did yeah. most of his fighting in Australia. Yeah. He fought once out in um, uh, England. Yeah. And I think he only had one fight in the U.S. before this.
0: Yeah, biggest win was yeah. against Lee Selby. But I'll mm-hmm. tell you what, man. I mean, we we are ending the year off with some great fights. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe it started a little slowly. But we started with Ryan Garcia, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't get me started on this guy, Rick. All of a sudden, he's coming out. Calling out Cambuso, Cambosos, yeah. right? All of a sudden, right?
1: Yeah, you know, kind of reminiscent of uh, Keith one time Thurman. You know, nobody's heard from him in in years. Well, and, he's been and, injured. He's been injured, right? A, he's been now. injured.
0: Yeah, but he's be, but he calls out everybody. He's <laughs> yeah. consistent. But Ryan Garcia. All of a sudden, right? He wasn't calling out Teofimo Lopez. Uh-huh. He didn't say, if Teofimo Lopez gets by Cambosos, I want Lopez. No. Never said that, Never right? That. Kind of backed off from his whole, I want, uh, you know, Javante uh, Davis or I want mm-hmm. Devin Haney because that's his friend. And, boy, what happened to all the, uh, you know, all the psychological and issues he's having? Yeah. All of a sudden, I want Cambosos as my next fight. So don't get me started, but it's got to be the story, maybe the boxing story of the year, Rick. Mm-hmm the takeover has been taken down the reign of the takeover as lightweight champion didn't even last one fight rick i mean you know
1: yeah um, and you know inactivity you know was, uh, killed him. you know it was part of it you know we'll we'll get into it but uh it definitely doesn't help you know it uh you know same thing happened in ufc with uh, mcgregor yeah you know you, you take that year off yeah. you know you're not going to be as good
0: there's a whole lot there, Rick, yeah. and I've got a whole lot on this, and I know you do as well. Yeah. And we're going to talk about it here in the next segment because I it's more than just the layoff. Mm-hmm. It it's got everything to do with, you know, I'll get into it in a bit, but you know, their social economic background where they come, how boxers conduct themselves, who they surround themselves with. And and I'll tell you what, man, to me it was tragic. It was kinda sad mm-hmm. to see him go down that way. Because I told you I spent some time talking to him at the Pechanga, Nice young man. Yeah. And so clearly there, you know, there's issues that are taking place that are more important than boxing. I don't even right now care what happens to Teofimo, the boxer. I'm more concerned about Teofimo Lopez, the human being. Yeah. He's gotta get things right. You know, I agree, right? Yeah, the rust and the layoff that was impactful, but that's not why he lost. No. He lost because of all the distractions that are taking place around him, besides him, and yes, right, uh, starting with his dad, yeah. who, who seemingly is, is, the, is the number one hype man. You can't be here. Okay, I'm going to get into it a little bit early, but uh, a little <laughs> teaser. You cannot have your number one hype man as your trainer yeah. in the ring at the same time. That doesn't work, Rick. No, yeah, you know, okay. the, the
1: whole situation was, was, was sad to see.
0: It was absolutely sad to see. Now, was it a major upset? Not as big as other fights. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cambosos was going off at six to one. Okay. Biggest upset as far as odds are concerned is still Douglas and Tyson. Okay. Douglas was going off at like a 42 to one, Rick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Believe it or not, Tyson involved in two of the biggest upsets um, from a boxing odds perspective. Holyfield Tyson, that was a big upset, according to the numbers. Of course, you got Ruiz, Joshua, you've got Corey Sanders, and Klitschko. Rockman against Klitschko, and then going way back, the Cinderella Man, Braddock beating Max Bear. Although Max Bear, Rick, he was a heavyweight uh, um, world champion out of California, he wasn't that good. Yeah. Okay. And then of course Joe Lewis completely demolished uh, the Cinderella Man, James Braddock. I don't. I never saw that movie, The Cinderella Man. By the way,
1: I've seen bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. But but everyone. They'd seen it and it got great view, reviews, so. I'm sure it it's did. It's probably a must, I'm sure it uh, did. They watch.
0: got uh, Russell Crowe, right, playing yeah. him. But And by the way, uh, Braddock was not a very good fighter. No. Yeah, he got floored. He was just fighting at a time when there was no heavyweights. Yeah. Joe Lewis beat him, and then Joe, Joe Lewis obviously went on his 25-fight uh, tear. Um, all right, Rick. So we've got, of course, we got that coming up. we got a lot of good fights coming up this weekend. That's the mm-hmm. thing. Like, we're not done. No. we got the Haney and Jojo Diaz fight coming up.
1: Which, which is now an even bigger fight than it was that's you know, exactly even maybe right. a week ago
0: yeah that's exactly right Rick I was thinking the same thing great right. minds think alike I have a note about how all of a sudden that fight is now more meaningful yeah right I'll tell you another fight that's more meaningful is a week after that I'll have to I may be wrong but the Lomachenko and Richard Comi fight. Yeah, right. All of a sudden, the lightweight picture just completely yeah. opened up.
1: And, and also this weekend, the Gervonta Davis Isaac Cruz. Yep, on Sunday because that, that fight is going to be at lightweight.
0: That's yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So yeah, the, every everything changed mm-hmm. with with that with that one fight, which was which was interesting. So we'll, we'll be we'll talk about that fight, the Haney. We'll go through a tale of the tape against JoJo Diaz. Talk about the Gervonta Davis fight. Um, of course, you got a lot of boxing news that's taking place, yep. Rick. So what a weekend! Um, I can't wait to get into the next segment to start talking about the uh, the Teofimo. But before we get there, this is round eleven, Rick, and a fight that resonates with me. Round eleven, of course, I'm going to go old school. It's not going to involve Tito Trinidad. Yeah. Um, this was the great, marvelous Marvin Hagler, Rick. Um, this was back in 1986. He beats John the Beast Mugabe, a mm-hmm. uh, technical knockout. That fight was stopped in round 11. Um, interesting thing, by the way. So this was the fight right before the Sugar Ray Leonard fight, mm-hmm. which, of course, was Mar-vis, marvelous Marvin Hagler's last fight, Rick. But at that time, John the Beast Mugabe was 25-0, ranked number one by every sanctioning body, WBC, WBA, IBF, everybody. And, and
1: knockouts in all of his fights.
0: Himself. Yes, yeah. yes. No, I mean, the guy, the guy was just, he was the beast, yeah. right? He was the beast Mugabe. And, um, and again, right? So for, and for Hagler to come in and do his thing, um, it's, it just, you know, this is why he was so great. <laughs> if, you know, you look at this, I started looking at Hagler, his last six fights of his career, right? Beats Duran in 83. He fights twice in 84. He beats uh, Juan Rodan. Mustafa Hamshaw. And all these guys, by the way, right? These were the best middleweights at that time. Yeah. Um, he beats Tommy Hearns, of course, and that, you know, three round classic. And then he beats Mugabe, and then of course he loses to Leonard yeah. in his last fight. Loses to him in the scorecards anyway, still mm-hmm. very debatable depending on who you ask, Rick. Yeah. But um I had it a
1: draw, by the way, which is probably the most official. I think yeah. they're they're talking about switching it officially because of my scorecard, but yeah, you know, they'll get around to
0: it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that just yet, but yeah, yeah there definitely ways. I uh, will tell you another thing, Rick. That's that's kind of interesting to me, right? So I'm in the middle of reading um, another one of these boxing classics books that that I just been getting into lately. So I'm reading the uh, the Jack Dempsey book, right? Okay. I decided to read about all the great heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I read about Rocky Marciano. I read about uh, Joe Lewis, right? So now I'm reading about Jack Dempsey. Okay, good book by uh, Randy Roberts, right? But one of the cool things about reading now. Uh, Jack Dempsey was kind of the champion in the 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody in the 20s had cool nicknames, right? Yeah. And I think that needs to be brought back, you know? Right? Mm-hmm. And back then, by the way, these weren't like self-imposed nicknames, you know what I mean? This wasn't, I'm the takeover. Yeah. Right? That's not how it was, you know? Um. These were nicknames that were earned mainly in large part because this is who they were and, and it was a characteristic of them, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, you had like Fireman Flynn, you know, Gunboat Smith, Right. Um, Porky Flynn.
1: Okay.
0: Agile Anderson, okay. Mysterious Billy Smith, okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, Mysterious Billy Smith is because they said it was a mystery every time you fought him what he was going to do yeah. and how he was going to fight. They said that he would step on your shoe, right? He'd purposely elbow you like you never knew what what was going to happen with Billy Smith. Hence the nickname Mysterious Billy Smith. Even the um, even the uh, promoters got names, Rick. Yeah. Huge Deal McTavish. You know? <laughs> Where are those names these days, Rick, you know?
1: Yeah, I can't even think of a promoter with a nickname right now. No, none. Yeah. Eddie Hearns doesn't have
0: yeah. a nickname. Bob Arum, you know, it's these dunking. guys. Right, right. And then you look at the fighters, and again, and a lot of these fighters, they now have, you know, their, their self-imposed nicknames, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Not necessarily ones that are given to them because of who they are and, and how they fight, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, I mean, some of them are cool. The Filipino Flash, right? Yeah. Nonito Donaire, right? In a way, is the monster. So right? Some
1: bad ones out there, I think. Uh, yeah. About billions, you know, Adrian Brown. That, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's,
0: what, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And even, you know, Money Mayweather. Yeah. Right? I, it was better when he was Pretty Boy. Uh-huh. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, and Canelo, and that's fine. Canelo's cool because of his color and how he looks. Mm-hmm. So. Anyways, Rick, those were the 20s, you know? Like they say, the best of times, the worst of times, Rick. All right, Rick, it was not the best of times for Teofimo Lopez. Let's get into that after this segment. Got a lot to talk about. We'll be right back, Pacific Goes Boxing. Pacific Goes Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick, so Teofimo Lopez— loses what is really the undisputed lightweight championship. I know Devin Haney claims to have a piece of the WBC, but for all intents and purposes, um, it was the unified lightweight championship was on the line. He gets beat in dramatic fashion. Um, I didn't have a problem with with the results of the fight as far as the scoring is concerned. I thought 8-4 was a little lopsided, Rick. Yeah. But even if it wasn't 8-4... Um, I'm okay with seven five.
1: No, yeah, okay with seven five. You know, I think uh, I, I think in the end the right guy won. That's right. So it's not you know, it, it's not that bad. That's right. Um, but um, you know, you could see there there were some close rounds. You look at the punch stat numbers. You look at yeah, um, there were some close rounds that could have gone either way, but uh, most of the damage was done by Cambosis.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. right, and that's kind of the way, that's how I look at it, right, is like, yeah, maybe it was an 8-4. I mean, one of the judges gave um, Cambosos like every single round, the first seven rounds, yeah. right, But by which I don't think that happened. No. But still, by and large, all three judges had the first seven rounds uh, with Cambosos dominating or winning, I guess, right? Yeah.
1: And and, and my, my big thing with the scoring, you know, which is kind of slight, yeah. I didn't automatically give that first round to Cambosis, I thought right. i I thought teofimo, yeah. you know, landed more punches, the harder punches, yeah. up until the knockdown
0: and uh, and two of the judges agreed with you, by the way, yeah. so only one judge. Gave that a 10-8 round. Yeah. The other two judges actually had it as a 10-9 round, mm-hmm. which, which by the way, is the correct way to score it. Yeah. Right? A knockdown is not automatically 10-8. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it was, in fact, this is a great round to show, you know, new judges, right, that you could have a fighter who's dominating a round, gets knocked down with one punch. That doesn't mean it's a two-point round. Yeah. Okay? But it wouldn't have mattered. Okay, it wouldn't have mattered, even if that one judge gives him, you know, the, no, one, yeah, the yeah. one round. You know, and again, in, in the um, the one judge that had Teofimo Lopez winning the fight, mm-hmm. he didn't give him more rounds. Yeah, He still only won six rounds, mm-hmm. but that judge gave Teofimo Lopez a 10-8 round, yeah. and he only gave Cambosos a 10-9 round for the first round knockdown. So even in that judge, okay, Teofimo Lopez didn't win seven yeah. out of 12 rounds. He only won the six rounds, but he had the 10-8. OK, yeah. um, as far as, you know, the fight Teofimo Lopez itself, Rick, I talked about it in the segment uh, in the opening. This guy's a mess. Yeah. OK, we find out right about the financial issues that he's having. Supposedly only 20,000 left. Um, you know, there's apparently marital issues. Right. Uh, we don't even know if he was there to to witness and see the birth of his son. He hasn't seen him in 11 mm. days. Right. Um, there's a lot going on in this kid's life. you gotta remember if you if you go back a little bit, right. He marries the gal. Uh, I think her name is Cynthia Lopez. yeah, um she's a flight attendant. his sisters and family vehemently against this marriage, yeah. right? They don't like it. The father even had to be convinced they don't even show up for the wedding, right? Mm. So this guy's had outside issues, Rick, from day one, right, yeah. and then you fast forward to this point. And, um, and now there's even more issues, right? And the pre-fight interviews with The Zone, apparently he walks in while another fighter is still being interviewed, Rick, and he just starts talking.
1: No, yeah, you, you, can, you could uh, totally tell the, uh, the arrogance, yeah. um, You know, and I think it caught up with him e- even after the fight. Yeah. You know, the, the, let Cambos have his, his moment. Yeah. You know, this is his win. He inter- interrupted his interview.
0: Exactly. And, you know, it, and, and, it, yeah, exactly. But I'm telling you, and he interrupted the interview of uh, it was the guy that fought before him um, from South Africa, I think. But it was the same thing, Rick. Right? And that, but it, but see, to me, that's not just somebody who's arrogant, although he is, mm-hmm. and his father especially. We'll get to his dad here in a bit. It's that something's not right upstairs, Rick. Yeah. Because he, during that, you know, I was reading an article, he was going in all kinds of directions, and then he leaves the interview room talking about the government and screw the government. Um, This is a guy that made, you know, a million and a half dollars last year. He doesn't get it all, obviously, with the taxes, but who knows? Yeah. Okay? Here's the thing, Rick, about fighters, and, and Teofimo Lopez falls in this category. Most of them, Rick, come from a very very um, very tough socioeconomic background, yeah. right? Other than, like, Patrick Day, the late uh, Patrick Day, most of these fighters don't come from that nice, stable mom, dad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Harvard graduates, right? They come from the streets. They come yeah. from fighting is the way out, right? That's not everything. I'm, I'm painting it with a broad stroke, but that's just the way it is, mm-hmm. right? But what that means, Rick, is that they're not necessarily surrounding themselves, right? with with people that understand the business world and how to conduct yourself along the way, especially when you make it. Yeah. Right. Because it's kind of like winning the lotto, right? You see these people that win the lotto and then they're broke. Yeah. Right. Because you go from from the ha from the have nots to the haves in a split second. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you get to the point where are you surrounding yourself with the right people, Rick?
1: Yeah. You know, it was one of those um you know, not, not to bring up Rocky too much, yeah. but, you know, he, he lost the eye of the tiger. But yeah. how do you lose the eye of the tiger after winning one big fight? That's you right. You know, he had, right. he had one year yeah. of uh, going around and, yeah. uh, you know, victory lap and, and you know. Yeah. He's, somehow he said he spent $250,000 yeah. on this training camp for, yeah. the, for the year because he yeah. had to start, stop, right. start, right. stop. You know, where's that money going? Yeah,
0: no idea. And and by the way, that is a factor, but that yeah. was a factor for both fighters. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't just him that was doing the start mm-hmm. stop, right? Here's the second thing, Rick, is that, you know, the thing about fighter, boxing, right? And we've talked about this, there is no boxing season. Yeah. Right? It's not like football, baseball, hundred and sixty two games or football, you got I think you are up to seventeen games now, right? Yeah. But there's clearly a season and there's not even really a big off season, right? Because you gotta spend time. Getting the body ready. Fighters, boxers, Rick, even if you're a busy fighter, which is very rare these days, even if you have three fights per year and you do an eight-week training camp, right, Mm -hmm. you still got, Rick, several months, right? In some cases, especially if you're only fighting twice a year, Mm -hmm. you got like six months. Yeah. Right? You got six months that are open, okay? And the thing is, right, boxing is not a team sport where you've got teammates that are going to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. So, right, there's accountability to come into camp and be ready. There's accountability to conduct yourself. As a fighter, who holds fighters accountable to keep themselves ready? Nobody does, right? And when you're surrounded by a bunch of yes people that are just telling you how great you are, to to your point, Rick, right, Is is he surrounding himself with, you know, really good financial advisors, right? Is he doing any research, right, on mutual funds, ETFs, how to invest your money, Probably not. No. Because I'm telling you, unfortunately, a lot of these guys, they come from a really challenging social economic background, right? And what do they know about money Mm -hmm. and everything else?
1: Well, I think the one thing he will know is that he just lost a lot of it.
0: Well, (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Rick, when I was watching the fight, the last three rounds, right, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, not only is the fight slipping away, but so are hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah slipping away in those last three rounds Rick okay and all the father could tell him is what go F this guy up go finish him
1: yeah it it was uh, it was it was sad to see you know looking back on it I'm reading articles yeah pre-fight you know he's saying things like you know he's moving up to 140 to fight Josh Taylor this is his last fight at 135 yeah which he said after the fight as well yeah but you know when you're already looking ahead you're really not focusing on Cambosis jr. Um, you know, and I even saw an article that said that he's got no game plan for yeah. Cambosas Jr. He's just going to do what right. he does, right? And you know that didn't work. You know, the, you got in that first round, and he hit Cambosas Jr. with four hard shots. Yep. That the the, the shots that uh, knocked out Richard Comey. Yeah. He took yeah. him. In, he took him in like nothing. That's right. That's you know, right. And, and um, you know, I was reading something too about I don't know how much truth there is to this, but that his bicep was hurt ahead of time. Yeah. You know, and he even said that ahead of time, you know, my bicep's not 100%, but I'm going to take this fight anyway because, you know, he didn't think much of
0: Campos. Jr. Right, right. And it was, uh, um, I think, Jess McCaskill, right? Yeah. She said it on the telecast about it was a very, am- very amateurish. Yeah. Right? To come out and try to completely, um, you know, blast the guy mm-hmm. in one round simply because I'm Teofimo Lopez, I'm the takeover, and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. He obviously wasn't able to do that, right? It was the classic bully, Rick, that got popped, right? And it was like, whoa. And you knew once Cambosos landed that clean shot and knocked him down, the whole fight changed, Rick.
1: Yeah, it it was (laughs) like he had no answer for the straight
0: right. Nothing. It was just he couldn't get hit with it. And the thing is, Rick, okay, I'll never pretend to be a professional trainer, right? Uh But it's pretty simple, okay? Lopez should have jabbed more mm-hmm. and he should have moved to his right. Yeah. Nullifying Cambosa's right. Cambosas was very it was a very simple yeah. strategy for Cambosa's. It was the old 1-2. Yeah. It was the old 2 right down the pipe and then a check left hook. It was really simple, right? Yeah. Um and but, right? Zero technical boxing feedback and advice from Teofimo Lopez's father in the corner, Rick. Yeah. Zero. He, Zero.
1: He, he refused to change. Like it was like they had one plan and yeah. do what I always do. Yeah. And you know it was complete contrast of the Lomachenko fight. Yeah. They had a plan. Yeah. You know, and they right. executed that plan perfectly. Yeah. Zero plan in this one. And you saw the result.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, right? That even after the first round, and even out, a- yeah, after so after the first round, we got to actually hear and he's telling him, right, and he contradicted himself in the same breath. He tells two females, slow down, slow down. Why don't you have this guy out yet? Yeah. He said that in the same same breath. Yeah, you right?
1: know the, the instruction was so bad that I was actually hoping that they'd run commercials
0: like they usually do. Right, right. <laughs> which <laughs> so, is your which is your pet peeve, yes. right? Because you love hearing <laughs> the, the, the trainer feedback to the fighter, right? And
1: it, it was just it was just terrible advice. I'd rather see the commercial.
0: Like I said, Rick, you cannot have your your lead hype man uh-huh. as your trainer. No, okay. And this is when, right? There needs to be adults in the room. Mm-hmm. There needs to be adults in the room that says, "Hey, listen. I know that you want to go in there and knock out Cambosos. I know that on paper it looks like you should be able to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But let's still put together a game plan, right? Let's strategize as to you know realistically how we're going to beat yeah. this guy, right? Did they watch any film on him? Or was it just they believed the hype that, hey, you're going to blast this guy. This guy's not going to be a problem, right? Your athleticism and and everything else. Um, But I'm telling you, you need adults in the room. After the fight, uh, Lopez's father is still, right, still completely delusional talking about how, oh, it's because he was at 135 for so long. Mm -hmm. Um, Once we move him to 140, you know, things are going to be different. No, somebody, somebody needs to tell Teofimo Lopez that... You tried your best, right, because this is the toughest thing when you have that kind of an ego, Rick, and you're, and you're yeah. that arrogant to say, I gave it my all, and it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Right? And that's what happened, son. You gave it your all, and it wasn't good enough. You got beat by the better fighter tonight, right? Yeah. Cambosos may not be a better fighter, but he was on Saturday.
1: No, yeah. And, in, in, uh, you know, I, I would like to see him get somebody else in the corner, but yeah. Teofimo Lopez has a huge ego. yeah. Dad has an even bigger ego. Yeah. So I don't think it happens, you know, but I would like to have an, another voice in that corner. You know, when things go south, yeah. you know, everything was going well. So yeah. everything is, is great. You That's know, right. everybody, you know, the, the dad's a genius, the dad yep. this. But when it started heading south, he had no answer.
0: Yeah. And they had another trainer, by the way. They had another trainer that helped them for the Lomachenko fight. Yep. I think it's Joey Gamache or something. Okay. I, I, I'll have to check that. But, and he wasn't there for this one? Yeah, no, he no. wasn't. Um, the thing is, right, is that even Virgil Ortiz's dad, right, yeah. who's very similar, right, in attributes yeah. to Teofimo Lopez's dad, even he's not the head trainer, right? Yeah. Of course, they just canned Robert Garcia, and now they're going to Eddie, to the Reynosos. Mm-hmm. But look, why are they going to the Reynosos? Yeah, Because they know, right? They know. Um, and maybe if you ask uh, uh, Virgil Ortiz's dad, he's going to yeah. say they don't need him. No, but they do. Right, and that's smart, and I give uh, Virgil Ortiz's senior dad a lot of credit for that. Mm-hmm. Right, but in this case, um, and that—that that was the problem with that virtuoso performance, Rick, against against uh, Lomachenko. Yeah, is it kind of just like solidified their strategy and how he's raising and bringing his son along? Right, mm-hmm. it's that we need nothing. And this is, the, I hate to say it, man, but it's the, because I didn't want him to lose. I actually, you know, would have liked to have seen Lopez win mm-hmm. um, and, and and continue. But this is the only way that humility is taught yeah. and that there's going to be improvement. And like I said in the opening segment, Rick, I don't even think it's about boxing right now. I think it's about just getting him better because that guy's not right.
1: No, and, and I do hope that this is a learning lesson and they don't really have the, hey, I won that fight, the judges, you know. Who who knows what the judges saw, you know. Regardless of whether or not the judges were right, a lot of things went wrong in this fight for him.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. And and it's interesting because you know I was giving um, Sean Porter's dad a hard time mm-hmm. for being overly critical and maybe maybe too candid yeah. about you know I stopped the fight because my son didn't prepare enough. Yeah, <laughs> right. This guy is on the complete other side, Rick. Right, yeah. he's on the complete other side. Say no, he won. Right. Yeah. Every single round, what was he telling him? You won the round. Yeah. You're winning the fight. You're doing great, right? That's horrible. And I'll tell you, right, if it wasn't his dad, you fire that trainer. Yeah. You fire that trainer and you say, you know what? I take accountability as the fighter, as the one in the ring. I'm the one in there, but you have a responsibility to help me, mm-hmm. right? You have a responsibility to guide, direct, and give me brutal honesty during the fight, yeah. right? I don't, I don't need you to blow smoke through me. That's what basically... Teofimo Lopez's dad, he's basically like a fan who mm-hmm. just happens to be inside the ring. Yeah. After the 10th round, Rick, he's jumping up and down <laughs> in the ring while Teofimo Lopez is sitting there in the stool yeah. with nobody. And by the way, how about getting a cut man? Yeah. Is there no cut man that can stop that? <laughs> you know? we're Stitch Duran?
1: It just seemed like, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, know, nothing. no
0: pre- I mean, it was horrible.
1: For, for as much as he said he spent on the thing, you know, maybe, maybe it's cheaper to just get your dad and a couple guys.
0: Rick, I've seen yeah, yeah, I've seen worse cuts on a fighter. Uh-huh. Have you not? Yeah, and they and somehow they stop bleeding. It's like a miracle, mm-hmm. right? This guy was bleeding profusely. That mm-hmm. I mean, really, who was the cut man in there? The whole the whole ensemble, man. Yeah, I'm telling you, you know they they again. But if they come to ask me as a consultant, I'm like, let's put boxing aside for a second. Mm-hmm. Yes, we absolutely need to circle the wagons, and some of you gentlemen are not going to be here anymore, yeah. right? And I would completely have a sidebar with the dad and said, look, if you love your son, right, we have kids. And what do we do as parents? You love and support them. That's your job as a dad, love and support. Okay? I don't need you as the hype man. I don't need you as the – you're clearly not the X's and O's Mm -hmm. person, right? But we need to get this guy first good as a human being. Yeah. That's what we need to do. We need to get him right as a human being, right? Because here's the thing. He's still young enough, okay? He's still young enough to come back. And, and, and do well. Let's take a quick break, Rick. Um, we'll have one more quick segment, and then we'll move on to some fights that are coming up. We'll be right back, Pacific goes Boxing. Pacific goes Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back, talking, of course, about the... Teofimo Lopez takeover that lasted all but one fight against George Cambosos, um, the Australian fighter. Mm. By the way, Rick, who are some of the great Australian fighters, right?
1: Yeah, you know, of, I, all, I, of all time. I, I, I looked up a couple, you know, yeah. we've got uh, Jeff Fennec. Yes. And uh, Kostya Zou.
0: Yeah. yeah, the thing is, by the way, um, Jeff Fennick—you could say a real Australian, though, Rick. He was actually yeah. born in Australia. A lot of these guys that are uh, like like Kostya Zou, he was uh, born in Russia, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then moved to Australia. But I would say Jeff Fennick, and who had like uh, the amazing wars with the Zuma Nelson, I would say would be the best because even like yeah. Victor Chanian is credited with being. Um, Australian, but he's he was born in Armenia, right? Yeah.
1: And and this is hard to, you know, think of a bigger Australian boxing win than this one.
0: Yeah, no, this is this as big. Is, yeah. th- this is as big as it as it gets. Um, the only one this is old school Rick, Lionel Rose. He was the first okay. indigenous Australian mm-hmm. to win a legitimate uh boxing championship. No oh, way. Wow. So I'm gonna give credit to Lionel Rose yeah. for being the first Australian. After that, yes, I would agree mm-hmm. with you. This is the this is the next one. Um, and we'll get to Cambosa's again here in a bit as far as what happens. But just finishing the uh, the Tefimo Lopez, like I said, um, they need to circle the wagons first outside of boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, none of this is going to happen. Yeah. Because the dad, you know, is still going to be involved. Because i tell you, one of the first things that they need to do um, – the dad needs to back off. Yeah. This whole delusional optimist, you you always ask the quote, what's worth being a delusional optimist or a pervasive pessimist? Yeah. What's worst? And I'll tell you what's worse, the delusional optimist. Because as a delusional optimist, you can get hurt. Yeah. You can get injured. At least with a pessimist, you're not gonna do stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you're like, hey, I'm gonna get in trouble or I'm gonna get hurt. And they need to back that father off. Yeah. But it's not gonna happen, right? No. And and again, they need to he I think you know he was already in uh he was already going in through therapy, which helps right I think it was the wife by the way who had suggested that he go do that mm-hmm. and like I said, supposedly there's marital issues right she's not even on Instagram anymore yeah you see really no postings of her lately and he used to post everything yeah, but they need to get him right as a human being mm-hmm. first before they can even talk about yeah boxing because here's the thing, Rick, like I said. Those last three rounds, not only was the fight slipping away, but hundreds of millions of dollars. They're saying they want to move to 140. Here's the thing. As brash and arrogant and pompous as the father is, and as Teofimo Lopez is, it's not going to be easy to get fights. No. Okay? And here's the thing. Not just because of that, but because he's still a legitimate fighter, and he's not exactly at the top of people's left. Why would you fight him and take a risk on a guy like that? Because he's that good. Mm Mm-hmm. So I mean, you think they're going to go straight to the Josh Taylor? You think Taylor's going to give them an opportunity?
1: I think that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, uh, I, I could possibly see it happening because they're both with Top Rank, and you know, there's a couple of big names. Um, and I feel like Bob Arum, you know, they, they seemed upset that um, with the Teofimo beat Lomachenko. Yeah. So kind of th- to throw him to the, uh, throw him to the wolves. You know, send him in there with Josh Taylor, you know, hoping that, uh, you know, he loses that fight as well. Um, You know, I think also top rank was a little upset that he didn't give Loma, you know, the rematch. And, you know, he said he wouldn't.
0: And, you know, if if he goes into the same way, because I tell you what, it was pathetic. It was sad watching him fight, Mm -hmm. Rick. You know, and then, by the way, he almost pulled it out in round 10. Right. Right. He lands that chopping overhand right. Yeah. And you think, this is it, right? After all this mess, right? Mm -hmm. After all of this just, you know, um, just disaster of a fight and disaster of going on, you know, behind the scenes, he's somehow going to pull the rabbit out of the hat. Yeah. But he couldn't finish him, Rick. Not only could he couldn't finish him, by the way, but Cambosis won the rest of that round.
1: Yeah. No, it it was one of those where he just didn't have the energy at that point, and then he loses the the next two rounds, you know, the the championship rounds that he needed. Yeah. You know, but but I think part of that too was the dad telling him, you know, every time you come back to the yeah, to the corner, yeah. great job, you know, great job. And it's like, ah, uh, maybe not. You yeah.
0: Know? And he's just standing there, Rick. He's literally just standing there in the middle of the ring, not throwing any punches. No. Right? He I mean, his and by the way, he has one of these faces, by the way, that is sensitive and, and it and it, it looks beat up really fast, mm-hmm. by the way. You know, not not trust me. Not every everybody's different. He's right? got sh-
1: sharp cheekbones. Yeah, sharp. Uh, right. You know.
0: So it shows it shows a little quicker than most people. Mm-hmm. But he's standing there in the middle of the ring doing nothing. He's not jabbing. He's not moving. And Combosis just starts to tee off. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like you said, is that just because his dad telling and, him? Is it just the the physical condition?
1: But you know the the other part of that is you know at at the end of the fight you know, yeah. when he interrupted the interview he had himself up 10 to 10 rounds to 2. Yeah. And maybe yeah. maybe that was his dad's scorecard. You know because yeah. the dad's Whoa. telling him, you know, hey, you're doing a great job. You know, so maybe his dad had it, yeah. you know, 10 rounds to 2.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he, he actually had himself 11 to 11 2. 11 to 2 originally. Yeah, he, he did. no, you're right, but yeah. that did. That did have a lot to do with it. And his yeah. dad's telling him, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. No you're not. Yeah. No you're not. Um so it's just it was it was just weird to see. Yeah. But but yeah, as far as where does he go from here? A, he needs to fix himself as a person, yeah. and then right, and there's a lot. And I'm telling you, we may not see him for another year. Uh-huh. Okay, we may not. It, it may be a while till we see him because there's a lot going on there, man.
1: Yeah, and you know there there have been uh, boxers that have uh, you know kind of fired their their dad as trainers. You know, Roy Jones was one. Yeah, he 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 just he said his dad was too hard on him. Yeah, you know, and then um, you know uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. You know, he couldn't work with his dad, he had to go to his uncle. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there are ones, but the breakups are it doesn't seem like it's ever very good. Yeah. You know, people are upset even even the Mosleys. Yeah. You know, I think uh yeah. when uh Sugar Shane left his dad as as trainer, they they didn't talk for for years.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's why, you know, we were talking to uh Adelaide Reese you know, mm-hmm. with her dad and somehow they've worked it out. Yeah. But um yeah, it's just it's tough, right? Cuz it's yeah. your dad. Yeah. But he's 20 he's only 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay? So he's still young enough to come back. That's the whole thing. Yeah. He's young enough to come back if, Rick, he's surrounded by the right people. Yeah. Right? And and it's not just a bunch of yes people telling him how great he is. It's somebody actually being candid mm-hmm. and telling him, "Here's what you need to do." to 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 straighten out. It's kind of like into you know, like a like a bowling alley, you know, they put those railings up so the ball doesn't go in the gutter. Yeah. I've never used that, but that he needs that. He needs those railings somebody kind of keep him in check mm-hmm. or 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 this guy's, I'm telling you, or or we may never see this guy fight again. Yeah. It could be that bad. So, yeah, so what happens to Teofimo? I I, I don't see him fighting Taylor like you said. You yeah. you think Aram and them can give him a shot? I don't think so. I think he's going to have to work his way back up. I think he's going to have to have two, maybe even three fights, and he's going to have to win in dominating fashion Mm -hmm. to put himself on the map again.
1: And there's a lot of fighters in this, uh, you know, in in the 140 division. You know, you've got... uh uh, Jose Ramirez, who's yeah. also top rank. Yeah, you know you've got uh, Jose Pedraza, who's also top rank. Yeah, you know so so you do have some guys here. You know uh, a Regis Progre fight. Yeah, Regiro. Interesting. Yep, absolutely. It, it, uh, you know so there's some good fights here where you know you win a couple of these fights. Yeah, you know then you could get a Josh Taylor at that point. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it.
0: Um, hey man, you got Sandra Martin. Sandra Martin. You, you know, know pulled it, off the big upset against Mikey Garcia. No, that's what I'm saying. There's yeah. enough. Fighters there, but that's what he's going to have to do yeah. because he went from the takeover to now, right? The takeover has been taken down mm-hmm. and he's got to figure out now. And I'm telling you, it's not, they're not going to roll out the red carpet for this guy and no. his dad. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Because now they're looking at it saying, hey, was it just a fluke? Was it just a flash in the pants? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Lomachenko, he's really a 130 pound fighter, he's much smaller. Right now, you know, Lomachenko saying he was injured. Right. Yeah. Lomachenko started late in that fight. You can make it, you know, uh, uh he basically won the last second half of the fight, except round 12. So who knows? Yeah. People could start to say, hey, maybe it's just a fluke. Maybe this kid is not as good as we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um From, it, it, you know, George Cambosos, right? We forget there was another fighter. Yeah. Right. Um, Amazing performance. Yeah. Right. Um, undefeated fighter again to your point really not on anybody's radar he did he did beat uh selby other than that no really big win the, right
1: the one thing i found interesting about him is you know uh you didn't know much about him but yeah at all the press conferences yeah. the weigh-in the walk to the ring yeah just extreme confidence right i was like right who is this guy yeah you know because yeah. he didn't he didn't look like a guy that was going to go in there and lose this fight
0: yeah, and it's weird though, right? It's interesting because you'll see that sometimes, yeah. Rick, but sometimes it's just a facade. Yeah. Right. It's almost like that false bravado mm-hmm. that they have to have. But but you're right. In his in his case, evidently it was yeah. genuine. Yeah. Like he knew what he was doing. He had that vision he said where, you know, he saw that, you know, he was gonna hurt him in the first round, mm-hmm. and he did. And there was no doubt about it. And again, I think perfect storm for him, by the way, because yeah. he happened to be running into a Teofimo Lopez like we've just talked about for the last 25 minutes or so who had so many issues going outside the ring, so many problems, right? Horrible hype man and trainer in his dad, and it worked out for him. That being yeah. said, he still had to go in there and take care of business, take nothing away from him. So he is now, for all intents and purposes, Rick, the unified lightweight champion. Yeah, He's calling out Devin Haney, mm-hmm. right? Um, which we're going to talk about here in a bit. I think he's assuming Devin Haney is going to get by JoJo Diaz, which a lot of people are. Right? Yeah. Is that a good idea, though? You know?
1: Yeah. You know it. Um, the, the other thing that I found curious about Cambosis, it looked like he rehearsed this line. Yeah. But during his um, post-fight interview, yeah, he said, "You can have your four kings of the lightweight division. Yeah. I'm the emperor." Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that had to have been rehearsed. Yeah. That's not coming. You know, straight
0: off. And by the way, you know, you said at the end, so tacky, right, for Tufimo Lopez mm-hmm. to, to cut off the interview. Mm-hmm. And and through it all, right, boxing is one of those sports that, you know, regardless of all the crap talking, kind of like you saw with Canelo and Plant, yeah. at the end of the day, I always appreciate the sportsmanship, mm-hmm. right? There's that re- mutual respect that, hey, maybe we didn't like each other and we talked a lot, but... A lot of that was really as much about selling the fight and making the fight. Yeah. But you shake hands with the guy and you say, you know what? It was still a good fight. Mm-hmm. Re- they refused to do that, yeah. Teofimo Lopez. Now, how different you think it would have been if Teofimo Lopez would have won? Yeah. Probably different, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably shaking his hand and saying good fight and all that stuff, right? And and um, Cambosos was just trying to tell him, hey, man, it was a great fight. I'll fight you again in Australia in front of 70,000 fans, right? By the way, that would be amazing to see, and he should take him yeah. up on it. By the way,
1: I uh, and I, I think too—that's the other thing with Tiofimo. Yeah, you know, he says he's moving up to 140. I think after a few weeks, maybe a month go by, yeah, yeah. he's going to start saying to himself, "You know what? I've got to beat this guy."
0: That's what I think. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I'm saying. I think afterwards, I'm like, "Yeah, take that all day long." Mm-hmm. He's offering you a rematch. Yeah, right. Yeah, very, very likable. So Campbell says, "I don't want to see him fight." Devin Haney, by the way. Yeah. I'm big on, like I've said, Rick, I'm big on them taking a victory lap yeah. or fighting, as they used to say in the 20s, Rick, um, a Hammond Egger. Yeah. A Hammond Egger is basically somebody that you're expected to beat. So I'd like to see him fight a Hammond Egger.
1: And, and actually, pre fight, you know, because yeah. I saw this guy all weekend long because yeah. he, he dyed his hair blue. Miguel Schelt was, yeah. was at the fight, yeah. you know, yeah. walking around, you know, yeah. taking pictures with, with both fighters. And he's a guy that, you know, was, was, um, there was talk that it'd be Teofimo Miguel Burchell. Yeah. Yeah. So know.
0: there's, there's, and there's somebody that would, um, you know, we know what he brings. Yeah. From an action perspective. But
1: this division is loaded. I think this is the most loaded division in all of boxing. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah, 10 what, really good fighters here.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about yeah. it. What, what I don't want to see Cambosos do yeah. is fight Ryan Garcia. <laughs> That's what I don't want to see because Ryan Garcia has done nothing to deserve, to, yeah. to put himself in a position yeah. to fight this guy. Zero, nothing. Like I said in the opening segment, all of a sudden he's calling this guy out, yeah. but he wasn't calling you know Lopez out. He wasn't no. calling. I want the winner of that fight, right? No. no more problems. All of all of a sudden he's ready to fight and he wants the top guy. I don't think so, man. No, no. He's got to beat some of these other lightweights, at least one other one who's of who's of note, you know. Mm-hmm. Before um, I mean, fight Lenares. He never did fight Lenares. No, right. That'd be a heck of a fight. Yeah. He didn't fight, uh, uh, you know, JoJo Diaz. All right, Rick. There you go. Big fight mm-hmm. that happened this weekend could be the story. Yeah. Of boxing this year, right? Yeah. The, which is so cool, right? Fight of the year. I'm not sure. Yeah. No. Probably not. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We're we'll, yeah. we're going to be having that here in a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. Rick. We'll be having our. Uh, well, I guess we've got to wait for the, you know, the, the Murata-Triple G fight, technically. Because mm-hmm. who knows? That could end up being the fight of the year. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. we got some fights coming up this weekend. Big fights. And then, of course, we got the boxing news, Pacific Coast Boxing. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Um, all right, Rick. There was uh, there was other fights that took place.
1: Yeah. So the, the main event of the Showtime card was uh, Stephen Fulton. He yeah. got a majority decision over uh, Brandon Figueroa. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had it closer than some of the judges had it, but um, you know, it was a good fight. You know, both standing there toe to toe.
0: Yeah, it was a great fight. You yeah. know, it was a great fight. Um, I thought that I think the judge the scoring was a little odd, right? Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing, right? I still think that Fulton won. Mm-hmm. Fulton was still landing the cleaner punches, Rick. Yeah. Okay? Um, it was a classic where just because Brandon Figueroa, as the saying goes, just because he was doing a lot didn't mean that he was getting a lot done. Yeah. Okay? Yes, he was the busier fighter. You know, he was throwing, I don't know, thousands of punches, right? Mm-hmm. Every single round he seemingly was right in, in um, the, the classic phone booth fight, right? But... Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't all clean punches, and he was throwing like a really odd, like a appalling, appalling jab, right? Yeah. Just to kind of get inside, and it was really Fulton, like I said, that was landing. They were just cleaner, they were smoother. Yeah. So I didn't now would I have had an issue if the fight was a draw? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I definitely couldn't give Figueroa the win. No. And I had Figueroa. You had you took Fulton. I took Figueroa. Yeah, that tells you how close you know we knew the fight was going to be yeah. right. But um, you know, and that was another one by the way, where after the fight you got Figueroa um, breaking in, right, um, uh-huh. uh, disrupting the interview, uh-huh. and again, right, Fulton being a good sportsman, Fulton was trying to tell him, hey man, it was a close fight. Yeah, right. He told him it was a close fight. Let's run it back. Let's do it again. And Figueroa was sitting there, right, just in denial, saying, "No, I won the fight mm-hmm. big time. This was a robbery. It was no robbery, right?"
1: Yeah, no, no, de- definitely no robbery. Um, what is a robbery is that Daniel Roman, who was there at yeah. ringside, yeah, he still hasn't gotten his uh, his fight. He's yeah, calling out the yeah. winner of this one.
0: Yeah, I know that's ridiculous, but more than likely Fulton's going to try to fight uh, Akhmediev, yeah. of course, who beat Danny Roman. Which was uh, which was unfortunate, mm-hmm. yeah. So that you know that division, by the way. So what happens there, right? Is uh, we're talking about the 122 pound, mm-hmm. you know, super bantamweight, junior featherweight, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, basically, what's going to happen is they're probably going to try to set up Fulton and Akhmadiev, which is fine mm-hmm. because that'll unify, yeah, the 122 pound. I'm okay with that as long as Daniel Roman gets to fight the winner of that, yeah. right?
1: And and, and, I, and I think. Um, Daniel Roman said uh, he's he's going to fight in January and um you know he's he's number one contender in the WBC and yeah. the WBO.
0: Yeah, well I was telling you last week yeah. he's like basically, you know, number ranked number 3 yeah. when you look at all the sanctioning bodies. It's just it's crazy. Yeah. Um you know, Brandon Figueroa of course, extremely frustrated at the time of course, it's it's difficult right to get their real um, you know, feedback, right? Because emotions are high. Yeah. And Fulton was offering him a um a rematch. Not mm. like they could sign it right there. Yeah. This isn't WWE, right? Or yeah. right there, you know, let's make the match, right? But you know, he's a big 122 pounder, right? He says it's hard, so he wants to move up to 126 pounds, right? And um and that's too bad because that's another fight where they should run that back. Yeah. It was close mm-hmm. enough that they should have a rematch. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Because you know, now that being said, there's some interesting fights at 126 pounds as well for uh, for uh, Brandon Figueroa. By the way, Rick, this so this won't shock you at the 126 pound. By the way, do you know that Leo Santa Cruz is still listed as the WBA (laughs) champ, Rick? Yeah. Here's the thing that's odd about that: Santa Cruz has not had a fight at the 126 pound division in three over three years. Yeah. Oh wow. But he's still the WBA champion. Mm -hmm. How can that be?
1: No, you know, the, the, the right pockets right. have been greased. Yeah, how's that possible?
0: Yeah. How can you be the champion in the division <laughs> for a sanctioning body and you haven't defended it in three years? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> but anyways, it was a great fight, good performance by both guys. None of them, by the way, even though this was his first blemish for Brandon, heartbreaker, Figueroa. Um, to me, this is one of those, look, man, it doesn't really go down as a loss. Yeah, you lost your title, yeah. but it was a great fight.
1: hmm no, no, great a great fight and yeah. um, you know I think he's going to get even bigger fights, you know, after this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: Um also coming up this weekend, you know, we've got the uh Devin Haney, Jojo Diaz uh fight on The Zone. This is on Saturday. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. You know, it'll it'll you know, the winner of this one may get Cambosis.
0: Which they should, yeah. right? Which they should and then all of a sudden the lightweight is truly unified, mm-hmm. right? Because Haney's got a piece of that WBC um, so you know, quick tail of the tape, Rick. Um, Devin Haney, right, 23 years old, Jojo Diaz, 29. Yeah. Um, big difference here, of course, is the size, right? Yeah. Devin Haney, 5'8, 71 inch reach, Jojo Diaz, 5'6, 64 inch reach, Rick. That is only important, by the way, depending on the style of the yeah. fights. The reason I say that is that the fight that we were just talking about, um, Brandon Figueroa, right. Had yeah. the height advantage and the reach advantage, but it was all nullified by the type of style that he fought. Mm-hmm. Right. He's fighting them in the in the you know in the corner in the ring, f- a phone booth where it really doesn't matter. Yeah. In this case, it is gonna matter because Devin Haney is an excellent boxer. Mm-hmm. And I think he's gonna be able to use that 5'8", 71 inch reach to his advantage. Um uh, Devin Haney 26 and 0 15 knockouts. JoJo Diaz, 32 and one. 15 knockouts. I give Jojo Diaz a lot of credit for taking this fight yeah. because this is a fight, again, that Ryan Garcia didn't take um, for different reasons. Uh, Devin Haney, right? I got to give him credit. The Dream wants to put himself out there, Rick.
1: Yeah, no, um, you know, he's looking for fights. You know, he's kind of the Demetrius Andre to this uh, division yeah. where, you know, he's calling everybody out, but not everybody's, like, lining up to fight him. Um, you no, know, I, I think he... Um, He's too big for Jojo Diaz. I yep. think Jojo Diaz is tough. Yeah, I think he's going to put on a, a, a great show, but uh, I have Devin Haney winning this one uh, by decision.
0: I think so too. I mean, yep. uh, Jojo Diaz, of course, he's a southpaw. Uh, Haney is an orthodox. I just think that in this case, and again, you know, I I don't want to sell Jojo Diaz. I don't want to underestimate him, especially what yep. he did in his last fight. But I just don't see him being able to outbox mm-hmm. uh, Devin Haney.
1: And and I think to beat Haney because he's he's such a good boxer. Yeah, you've got to have that power. You've got to hurt him, right? Kind of like Linares did um, during that fight, right? But uh, you know, Jojo doesn't have that power.
0: No, I'm not even sure we were talking about. I don't even know if Diaz beats Linares. Yeah, right. And so, um, yeah, so I don't I I don't see it going Jojo Diaz's way. Mm-hmm. Do I think that it's going to be, you know, a twelve nothing shutout? No, no, I think that JoJo Diaz has to make it a rough and tough fight. Mm-hmm. He has to find a way to put Devin Haney in the corner. He has to do basically what Brandon Figueroa did to Stephen Fulton yeah. and force him to, you know, that proverbial phone booth fight mm-hmm. that I keep saying. That's what he really needs to do because Diaz is not going to be able to outbox this guy from the outside. No. It's, it's going to have to be kind of a rough and tumble type of fight. Yeah, has to be.
1: Um, Also on this card, we've got uh, McCaskill versus Bustos. Yes. You know, um, the championship fight. Um, and on Sunday, we've got Javante Davis versus Isaac Cruz, Yeah, another another one of fights in, in the 135 division.
0: Yeah, that's why, you know, all of a sudden, like you said earlier, um, this fight, all of a sudden, just bigger. Mm-hmm. All these fights, right, all of a sudden, because the lightweight division is now, it's not wide open, it's just that you have a different champion and yeah. a guy who evidently is open. Cambosos, by the way, Rick, he's not inked with anybody, which makes it easier to make fights with him. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. He's, um, I well, I see. I saw it, that Um, he's with DeBella. Yeah, DeBella works with with everybody. That's exactly yeah. right.
0: That's exactly right. He's not with PBC or somebody. So it, it, everything I'm telling you, the Loma uh, Comey fight that's coming mm-hmm. up in a week or two. That one all of a sudden, all of a sudden, has bigger implications. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, Rick. Um, you know, based on everything that we've seen, right, with uh, Sandra Martin beating Mikey Garcia, um, Kambosa's beating. To Fimo Lopez, I think that, um, you know, Javante Davis has to take this fight really serious. Yeah. Because Cruz is no joke.
1: No, and then there's been a ton of updates or upsets. Um yep. You know, it's kind of like the DAZN jinx. It's like, you know, Mike yeah. Garcia's losing on DAZN. Yeah. You know, Timo Fimo's losing on DAZN. Yep. So, yeah, um
0: yeah, they were talking about that. And, you know, he also mentioned the uh the um you know Joshua Usek. That wasn't an upset to me. Yeah. Okay, that that was just the way the fight was supposed to be. By the way, by the numbers, Diaz is only going off at a four to one underdog, by the way. Okay. Yeah, not bad. The, the reason I say only four to one, um, Cambosos was at six to one. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. That should have been the one that I laid yeah. money on, not Rosado.
1: Yeah, not Rosado.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, Rick. Um, what else we got?
1: Uh so we're we'll going to the boxing news. We've got Amir Khan, Kell Brook, finally yeah. finally the fight you've been waiting for. Yes. You know, February 19th yeah. from Manchester, England.
0: Yeah. Again, it's about 10 years too late, uh-huh. but at least we're going to get it. It's going to be a big fight overseas. Yeah. Won't be as big over here, but it, that's fine. Yeah. At least we're finally going to get it.
1: Finally going to get it. Uh Terence Crawford, uh he's questioning uh Keith Thurman, he's like, yeah. why? Why do I have to wait eight months yeah. to fight you? You know, yeah. like, we can get a fight, you know, sooner than that.
0: Yeah. As much as I'm a big Keith Thurman fan, yeah. I agree with Terence Crawford. Unless he's mm-hmm. injured or there's something going on, yeah, come on, eight months. Yeah. That means Crawford will fight once in 2022. Yeah. Makes no sense.
1: Yeah, no sense. Um. Also, uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but uh, Fima Lopez, yeah. he's going to be in Creed 3. So at some point yeah. during the past year, he filmed yeah. he filmed his part in that movie.
0: Again, man, it just goes to, you know, there's another distraction. Uh-huh. One distraction after another, right? Filming that movie, marital issues, money issues, 20K left, right? Yeah. And and everything else that's going on. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, again, it was no wonder. It was no wonder, and I'm telling you, good thing that it happened. This mm-hmm. is only going to make him better.
1: Yeah. Um, Eddie Hearn, he, he wrote to the WBA and yeah. WBO to order um, Charlo versus Andrade. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that fight can finally be be made.
0: That'd be really good. Yeah.
1: No, no bigger fight in the middleweight division right yeah. now. You no, know, that's got to that.
0: be it. And they should, yeah. by the way. You know, let's forget about the Canelo sweepstakes and everybody yeah. trying to get Canelo, Canelo, Canelo. You guys fight each other. There's yeah. other good fights that could be made without a guy named Canelo mm-hmm. on you know opposite of you, which are still good fights. Yeah
1: um also we have the uh, canelo which deemed as the canelo bowl yeah uh King promotions he's gonna have uh macabu yeah fight fight uh machuna yep and um the winner of this it's in from warren ohio yeah and it's going to be january 29th so kind of around where the uh super bowl is going to be
0: that's in ohio yeah no kidding it's weird
1: to have it in a like uh yeah warren ohio that's interesting. Yeah, nobody knows where, the, where kind of that,
0: where that is. That's interesting. Well, that's the uh, that's the state by the way. That's where uh, Jack Dempsey won the um heavyweight championship against Jess Willard in Ohio, Rick. Oh, okay. But this was back then when you couldn't yeah. really find a place to have a heavyweight fight cuz boxing was kind of banned everywhere. Mm-hmm. So they fought in Ohio. They built a little stadium there. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. It's another the scene of another big fight.
1: Yeah, and uh, we'll end the uh, boxing news with um, Oscar De La Hoya. he yeah. called out Floyd Mayweather this week. Yeah, still wants to fight on Cinco de Mayo and plans on uh, starting his training in January. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, man? who
0: cares? <laughs> I'll tell you what, Rick. You know, going back, um, you know, with the Terence Crawford, mm-hmm. it was interesting to see the pay per view buys. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting because it got only a hundred thirty five thousand buys. And, you know, we were talking a few weeks ago about the Canelo fight and plant getting 800000 yeah. And I was asking, hey, is that good or is that bad? Evidently, that's amazing mm-hmm. compared to, to that. And Crawford, and I agree with him, was very critical of how the pay-per-view platform was set up. Yeah. And I got to tell you, he's right because you had to go through ESPN+. Plus. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you had to have the app and then you went in there and purchased it. I was texting you saying, hey, how the heck are we going to get this fight? Yeah. Right. (laughs) And, you know, and I would consider myself to be technically savvy and I was having issues figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So imagine the common fan out there. Right. So in in other words, it wasn't your if you have like DirecTV or or Spectrum or whatever, it wasn't coming up. Right. It doesn't come up just on a regular channel saying, hey, buy this pay-per-view. You hit it and boom there goes your 79 or 89 bucks.
1: No, yeah. And then uh, I think Terrence Crawford uh, made mention to that and said that uh, he felt yeah. like it was sabotaged intentionally. Yeah. You know, that uh, the buys just weren't there.
0: Yeah, I don't think that was the case, obviously, yeah. right? I think there's two things. I think so. I think the 135,000 buys speaks to two things, right? Mm-hmm. One is what I just said, is that, you know, there was some, some of the technical difficulties with how to access it, but the other is just his marketability, right? Yeah. Okay. It just is. Mm-hmm. And, and and by the way and he owns that because when you don't fight when Sean Porter is the first A fighter that you're fighting in your whole career that's why you've only got 135,000 yeah. buys not because it's difficult to access the app that's part yeah. of it right but that's why other than you know outside of Nebraska who knows this guy yeah. yeah and 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 us die you know die hard boxing fans I I always go to my you know my my driving range here in Murrieta Rick and they know you know who I am, and and the fact that we host this boxing podcast, and they never ask about Terrence Crawford. No. They didn't even know he was fighting that weekend. Okay? But they know when other guys are fighting. Mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding you. They know when Gervonta Davis is fighting. Of course, they know when Canelo's fighting. They know when Fury and Wilder are fighting. But they have no idea that that Crawford's fighting. It's all all you need to know.
1: Yeah. No, it's kind of a... uh, He's just kind of bland, a little bit. He doesn't have much personality. Right. You know, he wins. Yeah. And he's he's a good boxer, but um, you know, a little bit of personality, and then, you know, people buy your. It's all about the personality and being able to sell pay-per-views.
0: And and fighting the great fights. Yeah. Which he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. All right, Rick. That does it for the boxing news. We got one more segment. Of course, we got the stat of the week. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. If it goes boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. It's been a really a big show focusing on Tefimo Lopez, Rick. Mm-hmm. And I just keep thinking about how the distractions and the lack of stability, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, think about it, right? Whether you're a fighter, whether you're, you know, an office clerk, whether you're a manager, whatever, things are not stable at home, man. Right. Mm-hmm. You're just not gonna perform the same at work. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's the same thing if you're a fighter. And when you've got so much instability taking place like Teofimo Lopez did, this is the result. Yeah. When your head's not clear and when you're in the ring, the truth is found in the ring, as they say, Rick. The truth is also found in numbers. So what do you got for stat of the week, Rick? Um,
1: Stat of the week, uh, we'll keep it with the lightweight division, but the uh, longest reigning world lightweight champions. Um, It's not a who's who unless you get to number four. Yeah, You've got Roberto Duran, who held the title for six years, seven months, and five days. Um, but number one on the list was seven years, seven months, 17 days, Benny Leonard. Wow. You know, fought in, from 1914 through 1925.
0: Uh, Interesting. That's back in the roaring 20s. Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: So, um, you know, seven years, seven months, yeah. six title defenses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The thing about those days though, you got to remember any any time you talk boxing in the you know, that part of uh you know the 1914s, 1920s, uh-huh. uh boxing was still banned generally. Yeah. And so boxing was considered, you know, an overly violent pugilistic sport that um you had to find places to host it. That's what I'm saying. When Jack Dempsey fought Willard for the heavyweight championship, that's why they went to um to Ohio. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, don't blame him for not fighting that many yeah. times. It more than likely had to do with the fact that it was difficult. The two meccas of boxing back then, Rick, were New York and San Francisco. Believe it or not.
1: Yeah. Is it weird that um, his nickname was One Time? Oh, is it really? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I
0: would no that that would have surprised me. <laughs> he, he would have had some other nickname that would go along with probably who he was. It, he, you know? He's got three. Oh, really? The Ghetto Wizard. See, see
1: the great Benna yeah and Benny the great
0: yeah see what I'm saying yeah that's what I'm saying man we're bring back those nicknames don't bring back the banning of boxing but bring back the 20s nicknames Mm -hmm. man you know fireman Flynn gumboat Smith (laughs) you know mysterious Billy Smith uh huge deal McTavish you Mm -hmm. know all right Rick this podcast was a huge deal Definitely got our fix of the Teofimo Lopez, George Kambosos. Congratulations to the Aussie down under. He deserves to fight a Hamannegger next, Rick. Before I think he faces a big champion. Can't wait to see what happens this weekend. I know we both got Haney, but I'm hoping that it is still a good competitive fight, Rick. Yeah,
1: no, yeah, definitely hoping that uh, you know Diaz Jr. at least shows
0: well. He's going to come to fight. That's the one thing that you know with Jojo Diaz, right? He's going to come to fight. That's the one thing you know about him, man. And I love the fact that he's putting it on the line and he's being rewarded financially as well, Rick. He's getting paid, what, I think it's a million and a half or something, isn't he, for this particular fight? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, So. I mean, good good on him, man. Mm. Proud of the guy. That'll do it, Rick, for round 11. See you next week. See you next week.